folks. Paul told Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be the example. Be the example in love and faith and purity and in speech. There you go. Folks, we can learn a lot from our kids and our teenagers. I was really, I was really pleased and grateful that young men and young women served yesterday right alongside us old folks. You want to know who Wapaknez is and you want to know who the kingdom of God is, that's exactly where it is. Young and old together, serving their Lord and Savior. And uh, with that said, I, I won't pray before we, we jump in, all right? Um, Father, I love you. We love you. We thank you that we are loved by you. Even when at times we may not be acting lovable. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that your love expressed itself on the cross through your sacrifice, Jesus. And thank you that your love didn't leave it there. That you rose from the dead. That you conquered the grave. You conquered death. You conquered sin. That we can receive eternal life. And that heaven and earth can collide right here. That we can be holy ground. Lord, I ask that today be very simple. I ask that this next 20, 25, 30 minutes is very simple and very practical. May I not complicate it and may we not complicate it. And may we not just listen to it. May we do it. Even if we struggle with it, may we do it. Will you teach us today, Holy Spirit, open minds and open hearts. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, if you're just joining us for the first time, this month of October has been um, all about uh, supersizing me and the simple life. Because quite frankly, we binge ourselves in supersizing self. Supersizing self is an endless, tireless and rewardless journey. When you gorge yourself on the messages that culture puts in our life, when you invite those in, and when you gorge yourself on ego and pride, folks, we don't get anything out of it. You can never satisfy ego. You can never satisfy self. You will have an endless journey of doing so. Scripture and Christ calls us out from that to a simple life. To silence those things that are, that are distracting, that are distorting, that are skewing, that 
in fact, are embedded in the way we make decisions. Paul said that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. He even said we, need, we should be being transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, even within the confines of the church, believers and followers of Jesus Christ haven't been allowing themselves to be transformed by everything but the Lord. And so God Himself has ordained, put His hand on some very specific ways to enable us to connect with Him, to be transformed from the inside out, to have that renovation process, that restoration process, that holiness process. This month we started with fasting. We talked about fasting very briefly and launched you, challenged you to take a day or more and to separate yourself from something. Some of you chose food, others of you chose technology, but to separate yourself from something in order that you may give yourself to God in greater measure, in order that we may understand and put dependence in its right place, right into God. Last week, we talked about filling. So the first week was removing ourselves, removing something, and last week was filling ourselves. We talked about the Word of God and the power therein, and that His Holy Spirit breathes through the Word of God. And that is the double-edged sword. That is the sword that pierces the heart, that judges the mind, judges the intention. And so the challenge was to soak up the Word of God through the week. This week moves forward. We move into this idea and practice of meditation. Christian meditation. And with Christian meditation, it kind of bridges a lot of things. A lot of things come together in Christian meditation. Prayer, silence, solitude, the Word of God. This is one of those moments that, one of those practices that incorporates a lot of things. And so, it is today that we start this process of removing and filling this week. Because meditation removes things from our life and fills us with other things of God. And so, Jacob himself, in Genesis chapter 24, steps outside his tent in the evening and looks up in the sky and meditates. Joshua, after Moses' death, and after Moses passed the baton of leadership to Joshua, the Lord himself encouraged Joshua to be strong and courageous, but he also charged him, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. And then he said to Joshua, meditate on it day and night. In the first psalm, Psalm chapter 1, the psalmist said, But his delight, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. 
And like Joshua, he meditates, she meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. We will come back to this text a little later. Another psalmist said that within your temple, O God, we the people, us, together, not just as individuals, but together, we meditate on your unfailing love. Notice the object that the meditation is on. God's unfailing love. Another psalmist in Psalm 77 says, I will meditate on all your works, on what God has done. And he'll consider God's mighty deeds. Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the book, is solely focused on the Word of God. And the psalmist has several things in which he focuses his meditation on. He says, I will meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Meditate on your decrees, your laws, your precepts. I'll meditate on your promises. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I meditated on what God has promised His church and me as an individual. Solomon, David's son, he wrote, give careful thought, careful thought, not haphazard, shoot from the hip type of thought. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet, where you're going. The previous psalm says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give careful thought to the path of your feet. Jesus, summing up the law, the same law that Joshua was told to meditate on, the same law that the psalmist said he meditates on day and night, and the prophets. Jesus summed it up and said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Your whole self, your whole being, all of your DNA. And you've heard, it me, heard me say it many times, it's like the hokey pokey. You put your whole self in. He also said, remain in me, and I will remain in you. How are we to abide in Christ? Well, he says, obey my teachings. We obey because we love God. We love Christ because He first loved us. But we cannot abide in Him if we don't know what teachings we are to abide in. What things He's called us to do. Paul, you heard Chelsea read it. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whenever you read brothers in the text, in the New Testament, it includes men, women, and children. All of us. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy. And notice what he says. Think. Think on these things. And finally, the, the author of Hebrews says, Consider. 
Consider him who endured such opposition. Hebrews chapter chapter 12. Consider him who endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Consider him. Folks, we are to take in. We are to meditate on. Quite frankly, often when people talk about meditation, they come to this. What was made famous in the mid-60s and late-60s by the Beatles and the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Eastern meditation. Transcendental meditation. Basic principles in Eastern and transcendental meditation in Hinduism and Buddhism, they're very similar in the fact that they challenge you to empty you, to empty your mind. Personality and personhood is an illusion according to these religions. It's the ultimate illusion, and therefore... You empty your mind of you. You detach yourself from the world. And you focus on a particular object. There are chants and chakras to help you empty your mind. With the sole purpose of getting to a particular point of enlightenment. Nirvana, if you will. But I just mentioned, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. When we talk about Christian meditation, this picture that you see is very far from Christian meditation and biblical understanding of meditation. In fact, Christian meditation is very simple. It's thinking God's thoughts as written in His Word and considering Him, His ways, His works, His love, His promises. Considering Him. Thinking on Him. You've heard me say many times in the last month or two that if you're trying to find God's voice and listens for God's voice, God's voice is in the verse. It's in the Word. It's in the Spirit-inspired Word of God. And by the Word of God, we in fact begin to understand who God is, who we are, where our faults are, where our strengths are. In Him we find our grace and our strength. We find peace and stillness in a chaotic world. Christian meditation is very simple. I think too often we complicate it. In fact, the way that I've come to understand Christian meditation is, is straight out of this scripture. So if you want to open up to Psalm 1, 
you can, we're going to focus right here for the next four or five minutes. This text was also in Jeremiah 17 that Chelsea read earlier. A variation of this text. And the psalmist said, Blessed is the man who delights in the word, delights in the law of the Lord day and night. He meditates day and night. This word meditation, you get this picture. You get a cow. Now, if my science is off, definitely correct me after service. <laughs> okay? Um, but from what I've understood, cows have four stomachs, right? And there's this thing called cud, which is basically grass, and they, they chew it, and they swallow it. Am I good so far, farmers? Right? But the crazy thing is, with four stomachs, it's really interesting what happens to the cow. They, <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> they bring it back up. S good so far? They bring it back up and they chew on it some more. Right? They chew on the grass that they have pulled off the ground and they continue to chew and they swallow. And then they bring it back up and they continue to chew and swallow. And from this is where I may be a little gray here. But from my understanding, the reason they do that is in order to get all of the nutrients out and to break down the grass in order to digest it properly. Am I, am I good? I think so. Notice that they continue to do this to get the nutrients from what they've eaten. Yum, yum. I don't know of any of you who would want to regurgitate what you've eaten I hope you're not. Um, and then swallowing it back, unless you're on the soccer field and you're playing, you just, that's what you do on the field. If you're in play, you just keep going. Meditating day and night. Imagine the Word of God as the cud. Imagine the Word of God as, as cud. You chew and you chew and you chew. You swallow it. You ingest it into your all. And you bring it back up. And you chew, and you chew, and you chew. And you swallow it again. You're doing that on a mental aspect. You're allowing it to resonate and fill your all and who you are. Because there are insights about God, about His Word. There are connections that are made. There is sin that is brought up that you didn't realize was there. There are giftings in you, and skills in you, and things in you that are brought to the surface as you continue to chew and chew and chew. God begins to work on the wounds of your life. He begins to do some restoration. Finally, brothers and sisters, what, whatever is truly noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. 
Paul encourages us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Think on these things. I don't know if I've shared in the past. Forgive me if you're hearing a story for the second time. But back early on as a believer in Christ, I didn't know how to do this whole thing. I didn't realize it was already done for me on a cross. But I struggled with pleasing people. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I wanted to belong. And so I gave of myself and became the doormat for other people to walk over in order for me to belong. And as a believer in Christ, Jesus began working inside of me. And the struggle was here. And then things started to click after I continued to meditate on a few things. You don't have to go there. But the first thing that God began to speak to me concerning is Isaiah chapter 40. Not 40. 50. 5. 60. No, 55. My bad. He said this. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Remember, the battle is in the mind quite often, right? His ways are not mine, and his thoughts are not my thoughts. I had problems with my own thoughts. And Paul said some very key things in 2 Corinthians. And yes, it is in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, maybe it's not. <laughs> That's really funny. 1 Corinthians. It really is in 1 Corinthians. I dare not tell a lie. It's really interesting what Paul says. Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. And then Paul says this, no one has ever, ha no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit, right? God sent the Son, Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, went to the right hand of the Father. Ten days later, after His ascension, the Holy Spirit comes down Pentecost. Holy Spirit enters mankind. I, Ezekiel 36 talks about the Spirit going inside of man for the first time. And that happens in Acts chapter 2, 50 days after the resurrection. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except man's spirit within him? All too often we sit in our own head. We get consumed by our own thoughts. And often our own thoughts are those words and those messages that we take in from other people and other places that aren't godly. 
In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And then it clicked. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But the Spirit searches the deep things of God. The Spirit knows the deep things of God. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God. And if the Spirit knows the thoughts of God, and I have the Spirit within me, guess what? I can know the deep things of God. Because God is in me. And Paul ends this whole section. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It really is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He quotes the Old Testament. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we, He may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. When you have received Jesus Christ into your life, you've received His Spirit. And guess what? You have access to the mind of Christ. Folks, Christian meditation is filling you with the thoughts of God that are written within the Word of God. I love that. Praise the Lord, man. Five years ago, that wasn't even a sound in the sanctuary. I praise the Lord for that. We need to remind ourselves of that. Man alive, that is good. And as you're delighting in her, guess what? God delights in you. God delights in you and for who you are. Folks, Christian meditation is just simply consuming God's Word and letting it resonate within you chewing on it and chewing on it and bringing it back up and chewing on it and chewing on it swallowing it and bringing it back up because if we don't we don't get those connections and there isn't healing that happens within us by his spirit folks it's very simple it's not complicated but you can't meditate on it until we get in here I'd like to bring up Katie, Katie Luma. She posted something this week, and I thought, man, Katie, this is perfect timing. This is just perfect timing. Um, here you go, Katie. I appreciate you being willing. I, I can. I, I'll go get a stool. Is that all right? All right, okay. Well, uh. <laughs> Katie, I, I, w- would you mind just sharing a, a little bit about um, a moment? Katie had a moment with God. Uh, Katie, where do you work, by the way? I work at American Trim at PCC. Um, and what do you do at American Trim? I'm a diaper, so I, um, I load dyes, I pull dyes, I do internal component changes inside of the dyes um, so it can go and so you're on your feet a lot. Is it is it a lot of repetition? Uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to changeovers, yeah, because we have to manage, you know, there's a lot of bolts and things that we have to remember how to do to change different, you know, different components. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go on autopilot? Yeah. 
How many of you ever go on autopilot? Yeah. So um, yeah, you were thinking about a lot of things uh, just this past week. You mind just kind of giving us some insight um, to those things that you thought about before you noticed something? What were you thinking about? You were thinking a lot about humanity, right? Because none of us, especially you Christians, have people in your life that get under your skin, right? Right? And so, as you were doing your job and as you were stinking thinking, right? Something caught your eye. What, what caught your eye? This is great. Yeah, you, so the 316 on your Allen wrench caught your eye, and the scripture is very familiar to you, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, uh, that should whoever believe in him shall receive eternal life, that's the text, it's at football games, it's at a lot of athletic events, um, apparently you're supposed to go and look it up when you see the sign at the uh, arena or whatever, but this is something that has been ingrained in you that you've, you've learned and you've probably memorized. Um, and you were standing there, stinking, thinking, and you noticed this Allen wrench. Of all things, it was on the Allen wrench 316. And you processed. You were processing. You were meditating on God's Word. And how did that, and you, you shared with us kind of the inside of that. How does that impact you and I know it's very early on in the process, but this this was kind of a light bulb aha moment. How has that impacted you so far? Absolutely. 
Folks, can we, can we say thank you to Kaylee? Katie, thanks for coming up. Um, see how easy it is? See how easy it is? Moses was tending sheep. Gideon was threshing wheat. David was tending sheep. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they were all fishing. Typically in the mundane aspects of your life, mundane moments, those become the aha moments. Those become those moments where God can speak into that we invite Him in and He gives us some insight to who we are and to who, who other people are. And to the fact that we're all in the same boat and God loves us all and He died for us all. I think that was the perfect example of meditation on God's Word. Had Katie not read that Word or known the Word of God, that particular Word, that wouldn't have stood out for her. She wouldn't have meditated on that. We've got to link God's Word to our thoughts and be actively engaging with God. That's Christian meditation. It's chewing on it. Letting it do its work in us. And so, sometimes, folks, we need to put ourselves in a position to listen. And often, that is creating silence in our life. Um, I, I was going to hand out a bunch of earplugs today, um, but I figured you might actually put them in your ears during the sermon. But that's really what it's about. It's closing off some things in our life. It is, it is an, a de detachment from certain things in order to have a deeper attachment to God. It really is. And so, I'm going to end with a, a brief story and then an application. Um, in his book, The Attentive Life, this, this guy by the name of Leighton Ford told of his seminary professor. And his seminary professor, Manfred, was an impressively large man. He was actually in the, uh, uh, a, a boxing champion in the Canadian Army. And this is in days of old. Um, this teacher was the one that preaches, or teaches the preachers. And this teacher knew the Word of God forward and backward. His knowledge was impressive. So much so that his students would stand there in awe of what he understood of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Often Manfred would bring over his seminary students to have dinner with he and his wife. Folks, there's a lot of things that can happen just by sharing a meal. It, it really can. Manfred would begin to share stories of his, his own life. But see, this, this teacher of preachers early in his own life, was not a believer in God. In fact, he was a self-proclaimed agnostic. An agnostic is one who believes that there is a God, but is unsure of what type of God, who God actually is, 
It's a little close to an atheist who doesn't believe in God at all, but an agnostic is one step closer. So in his young days, he was an agnostic. But he soon became a seeker. See, this teacher of preachers was actually a teacher in a rural schoolhouse in the Canadian frontier. One room rural schoolhouse. And he would watch the men in his community, and most of the men would go to church just because there was nothing better to do. These were farmers, and they stood outside the door and had nothing better to do than gossip outside the door, and they would wait for a long time before even going into the service. But one man caught his eye. One farmer who had just moved into town caught his eye. This farmer would actually not stand with the other farmers that were gossiping outside the door, waiting and waiting and waiting to come into the service. This man actually would walk through the main door with the Bible in hand, take off his hat, and bow his head in prayer. He watched and witnessed this man's life. And by watching this man, he became entirely curious. In fact, this man was so devoted to the Lord, he actually um, sold some of his own cattle to fund missions on Mission Sunday, the annual Mission Sunday. It caught his attention. Got Manfred thinking. And one day after Manfred was closed his books and the kids were gone and he started walking across the field, he was pondering of God. And this, as he was telling his students, he said he stopped in the middle of the field and thought, if God exists, then God can see me now. And so, like any logical person would do, Manfred took off his hat. And his students were curious as to why. And he said this was the day in which there were brimmed hats. And so he would take off his hat to women and to the elderly and to those that he respected. And if God can see me in this moment, I should take my hat off to him. And so with that, Manfred told his students, that in that moment, he then prayed. God, I don't know whether you are there or not. I don't mean anything bad by that. I just don't know. But I want to know, and you know that too. So please show me if you're real. And Manfred recalled to his seminary students that I felt as if something very important happened that day in that field. That strong man put on his hat and made his way home. That strong man, that boxing champion, soon became a strong man of God. Manfred took his first step 
took his first step. For the very first time, Manfred, as Leighton Ford recalls, paid attention to God. For the first time in his life, he paid attention to God. And after time, it would be proven, the affirmation of Jesus' words, seek and you shall find, and the promise in Hebrews, God rewards those who earnestly seek him. God rewards those who earnestly seek him. This week, it may be the very first time that you pay attention to God. But I challenge you to pay attention to God. I want to explain how I'd like for you and us all to try this, maybe for the first time. This would be a good moment to pull out your phones and probably take some pictures or write them down. I will have this screen up a little later. First thing, create silence. Create silence to listen to God by detaching from tech. I've already gotten some funny looks. What do you mean? How much do you pour into tech? Actually, should I say, how much does tech pour into you? Social media, Instagram, <coughs> Facebook, Twitter, TV. Now, I know we all have jobs and we have to do our computers, those types of things. challenge is to fast from tech for a day. I mean, I understand you got to do your computer stuff. I get that. But we can detach ourselves from social media and from all of that stuff, from TV, from pouring into our life. Create silence in your world. For some of you, you have long drives. Turn off the radio. For a day, two, three, if you're ambitious, I don't know, all week. Hey, why not? But then, for each day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, these are texts that I would challenge you to read, reread, well, here you go, read, 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 and reread, chew, 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 and chew. Read them. Ask the Lord to open your heart, and ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to do a work in you. Some of these texts, John 3, 16 and 17, what Katie just mentioned today. Um, Mark, some of these are stories. Some of these are very simple texts. One of them is love the Lord your God with your all. Take the challenge and meditate. Chew on it. And see what happens. The Lord will talk to you. Maybe not the first day, but he's going to talk to you. He'll actually talk to you. You might not hear it the first day. Detach yourself in order to attach yourself to God. So I would like for you just to please stand.
Benny, you can, you can stay right there. Those of you that raised your hands last week, I prayed for you. We prayed for you on Sunday night. Prayed for you through the week. I'd like for you just to take a moment and bow your head. Close your eyes. And I would like for you to think on the scriptures that we've talked about today. like to ask you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you're going to take this step maybe for the first time in your entire life and pay attention to God I'm going to ask that you, you raise your hand so that I may see you and be able to pray for you this week will you please do so keep your hands up please that's it thank you Heavenly Father, you know the hands that were raised and some that, that probably were going to raise their hands but chose not to. It's all right. Pray for those that specifically raised their hands. May they connect with you this week. May they engage with you. Even if they miss a day, don't. Lord, may you just engage with them and may they engage with you. May this practice open up some things about your character and about your love and about your grace and about who we are. And even if we did not raise our hands, Father, may we begin to pay attention to you and take that step to pay attention to you and grow in that. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your your cross and how you love the world so much that you gave yourself up for for all of us that we need to choose that as well it's in your name we ask today amen hey will you please love the lord your god with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul and your strength and will you please love your neighbor as yourself see you back here at five o'clock for prayer have a wonderful day